0: Boom. We are back with episode 104 of the Quarantine Cast. Um, I'm really excited for this one. Uh, I'm having another Jimmo product uh, coming on here. It's welterweight uh, Brian Barberina. Uh, he competes in the UFC. He had a very successful return to the Octagon um, about a month ago, I think, September 12th, uh, where he won uh, via comfortable decision, um, returning from a long layoff due to some back problems. Um and without further ado, I'd like to have him on. I've been a fan for a long time,
1: so I'm really excited for this one.
0: Hey, man, how's it going?
1: Hey, it's going great, man. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to talking with you.
0: So uh, first things first, man, how are you doing? I mean, everything going on in the world with COVID and, and the election. It seems like the world's going crazy. <laughs> so how are you doing? How are you holding up?
1: Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm doing good. Uh, trying to be as safe as possible, uh, especially COVID safe, especially just to make sure I can make it a fight. Uh, you know, just in case I get a short notice call or anything, uh, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm not going to be testing positive and then get pulled out of the fight after, you know, putting in all this time and everything, trying to get a fight. So uh, staying real safe, family's good, uh, staying busy on the farm, and yeah, I'm, I'm good, can't complain.
0: Yeah, that seems to be the theme right now, guys pulling out and, and last-minute replacements. And uh, as someone who's, after your last fight, said you wanted to stay busy, it's probably good that you're uh, out there staying safe uh, and everything
1: Yeah. You know, I'm trying to, trying to stay active. Uh, I haven't been able to get a a fight as fast as I would have liked. Um, so just kind of staying ready. And just in case I get a call, uh, I can go ahead and step in.
0: I want to talk about your last performance. It looked very, very, very dominant, uh, very, very impressive. Um, so how did it feel getting back in there after such a long layoff? I know there were some injuries and stuff like that. So how did it feel to get back in there and get your hand raised?
1: Uh, it felt amazing, man. You know, I put in, uh, you know, I've gone through a lot with the surgery and the layoff, and then working back to, to getting back there. Um, a lot of support from my family, from my team. Uh, did a lot of a lot of work with you know on the outside and that people don't see and everything. So, uh, man, it was it was amazing. Uh, I felt the feeling was unmatchable. Like just to get my hand raised and and be back in the win column too was great. Um, you know, it was a great fight. And you know, I honestly, you know, I would have liked to go in there and get the finish, but. You know, I think a three-round fight was uh, to show that, you know, I'm back and healed up and and feeling good. Uh, It was the perfect showing for me to come back to.
0: Did you feel any added pressure? I mean, you were on a two-fight losing streak, um, such a long layoff. I'm sure there was thoughts of, you know, if I lose three in a row, uh, that doesn't look good in the eyes of the UFC, especially in a division like the welterweight division where there's like 150 fighters. Did you feel that extra pressure?
1: Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't feel any extra, extra pressure at all. Uh, you know, I felt, to me, I felt like my last fights, you know, I'm always exciting. I always put on good fights. At least I feel like I do. Uh, fans like to watch. And so I felt with my last yeah. two, you know, I fought some of the division's toughest. Uh, definitely Luke A being right up there, uh, one of the top in the division. Uh, Randy Brown coming up to one of the, you know, top guys. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I wasn't really worried about it. I mean, obviously your job is never safe. So. There's that but you know I just felt like uh, I didn't really have anything to worry about all I needed to worry about was just getting in there and uh beating Ivy and not letting him beat me so
0: how did your how did your back feel both in the lead up to the fight as well as during the fight
1: uh you know after surgery you know it was slow and steady and I had to wait quite a while to to begin even physical therapy and begin you know training after that um so there was, you know, some bumps and some, you know, slow times that, you know, in the beginning, but once I got back into training and was going, uh, you know, my back felt better than ever. And, you know, once we, we took a little bit of time to kind of test it, test the waters a little bit and take step in slow. But once it was like feeling good, it was just like, all right, open the floodgates, let's get going, you know, and doing things and training that I haven't been able to do in a long time. And so, it really felt good. And then going into the fight, man, I had no issues. My back felt better than ever. I didn't even, you know, in my mind, it was like, there was no worry at all. I never even thought about my back. It was just go in there and let's fight. And, you know, I had been itching to fight again and the feeling to get in there and just going. I don't believe in ring rust. Uh, you know, I I test myself in the gym every single day. I go against killers in there who push me and, you know, try to break me. So I don't believe in that. I'm I'm ready to go as soon as soon as soon as I step in there, so.
0: You, all just, you talked about uh, the killers that you're in there with every day. I spoke with one of those killers just the other day and Impa Kasanganai. What does it mean to have guys like Impa and Joe Selecki, Scott Holtzman, those guys around you day in and day out and how much of a role did they play in not just your physical recovery, but also mental recovery when you were dealing with your uh, back injury?
1: You know, it was huge. Uh, you know, those guys are all great and they're, you know, definitely strong in different areas and well-rounded and, you know, can push me every day. You know, you mentioned Scott, Impa, Selecki, uh, John Salter is another one that I work with. He comes out and travels from Wilmington and to, uh, to help me out too. And he's in Bellator, you know, right up there for a title contention. So, um, you know, I work with some great people who, who push me every day. And, um, you know, during recovery and everything on my way back, you know, I have Impa texting me, Scott texting me. And, uh, you know, making sure, checking in on me, my coaches texting me, my friends uh, from out here who work with what I work with and stuff. They're just, you know, it was the support around my team and everything was, you know, definitely helped as far as my comeback and working with me and making sure that, you know, I'm keeping my my mind in check and and keeping everything and doing the things I'm supposed to be doing. Um, You know, they're they're best definitely keeping me in check. And then, you know, Scott Holtzman was a huge thing. You know, we both live in Knoxville, Tennessee, so – and when I started working out and everything, uh, you know, I started working out with him and doing the workouts with him. And he was making sure that, you know, I wasn't pushing too much to strain myself and really pulling me back and, you know, making sure I'm going slow enough to ease into it and not hurt myself again. Whoa, sorry. <laughs> um, uh,
0: speak, speaking on Impa, I mean, obviously his last performance didn't go his way as as a friend and as a teammate, what sorts of advice do you give someone after they they suffer defeat like that? Like it wasn't just a loss; it was also, you know, in the public eye. You know, it was, must be a little bit humiliating um, to 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 know it's on like Sports Center and all this stuff. But as a friend, what advice do you give to uh, to someone like that?
1: You know, stay positive. Uh, that's the biggest thing. You know, he's he's a great athlete. He's a great fighter. You know, he's going to do great things. This this one this one fight isn't gonna yeah. gonna gonna you know say who he is and, and put it in stone you know he's going to do great things and move on from this and um you know we just get back on it you know it was a freak thing that was a crazy kick you know he agrees too uh yeah. so but do we agree that he you know he's better and everything he can keep pushing forward he's going to do great things absolutely so just stay positive you know keep your nose on the grindstone and, and keep moving forward um you know this is just the beginning uh little bump in the road we we know how to bounce back from those
0: What was the whole experience like uh, going there with him and and experiencing that whole thing?
1: I could see if you were being there for quite a long time or whatever, it might get boring or or something like that. Like just because it's, you know, there's not a ton to do, but there's enough to do for fight week and stuff. And, you know, obviously you're getting the greatest opportunity to be able to fight during a time like this. You know, Dana White really did, you know, outdid himself and was able to shut the island down and, you know, no one has access to you or anything like that. So, um, man, it's, it's really just a blessing. And it's, it's an awesome experience. I can, I can't even imagine how much cooler it would be, um, with, you know, fans being able to be there and everything. That place would be hopping. But right now it's, it's awesome during the circumstances, and everything. It's, it's really cool.
0: As someone, I think, You've competed in Brazil once, in Canada once, but as someone who's primarily competed in North America, what would the experience like to be uh, to travel there for a fight? In oh, to Abu Dhabi? Yeah.
1: It's uh, it's awesome. It's it's a long flight. Uh, <laughs> I definitely recommend. Like for me, I was gonna pick up a short notice fight, and uh, I was just going to, you know, stay there. So it was like, uh, I was going to stay there and, you know, get, do the, do my flight there because to travel, it's 15 hours, 15 hour flight, sorry, 15 hour flight there, you know, to do a 15 hour flight back and you have to quarantine again in Vegas and everything. Like it'd be a lot. So, um, but to try, to be honest, that was the nicest flight I've ever been on. I got a whole road to myself as a fight, as the fighter, you get, uh, you get to, sitting first class, you know, get to lay down. The food on the flight was amazing. <laughs> it's the best uh, airline food I've ever had. So, I mean, to be honest, you're flying in luxury, but uh, to do a 15 hour flight there and a 15 hour flight back and then fly back if you got a call would suck.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to ask about another potential fight. I mean, I know it's somewhere down the road. It's not realistic right now, but with Hispanic heritage month, what would it mean to you to, to potentially com- compete in, in a Colombia or, or even even if it's not Colombia, Colombia like a Uruguay or an Argentina?
1: Uh, you know, that would be huge. Uh a while back after my Warley Alves fight, um I went on a, a tour, like a media tour for uh the UFC and went to Mexico and went to Colombia uh just to talk to the media out there and kind of promote, you know, the UFC and MMA in general. Um you know, because out in Colombia at the time, it wasn't, you know, really uh, accepted very much. So, um, but I would love to fight on a Columbia card. I would love to headline a Columbia card. I would love to just, you know, be the headline for a Colombian card, a card in Colombia, and uh, be able to really show out for my fans and uh, for my family out there so they can come to the show. It would be huge. And even, even if it's close to Columbia, you know, I know my family in Columbia would travel to uh, a close, you know, South place in South America. Um, any country in South America would be amazing, and uh, I'd love to be a part of it.
0: I want to take a trip. I want to take a trip down memory lane here. Um, I spoke to Eric Anders and a couple other guys who played football growing up. What is the biggest lesson that you took from your footballing days that you can still apply to MMA, both mentally and physically?
1: Uh, mentally I think he is, you know, the just the grind and the push, the mindset of just, you know, keep pushing through that through everything, you know. Um there was times where, you know, I got hurt, not, you know, terribly bad where I broke anything or whatever, but I was injured in football and just kept pushing forward, you know, kept going and making it through the game that, you know, it's not at least that's my mindset. That's the mindset I got from football was just to keep pushing and get through it and let's get the game you know, let's get through the game and win the game and do all you can to help your, you know, your team and everything. Um Physically, you know, it's constantly trying to improve, trying to to get better. You know, I didn't I didn't play football when I was young. I started when I was in high school. So uh, I felt as if maybe I'd have to catch up to some of the people who were playing uh, all their lives. And, you know, I did all I could in my off like before that to to prepare myself. But it was just, uh, you know, I didn't get to work with a team or do any of that. So it was really a focus on, you know, just on the MMA is, you know, you got to work the skills, you got to work everything, every, every aspect of it and um, be consistent on it. And that was the most important thing was just being consistent. And I think that transferred over uh, the biggest thing from football into MMA was, you know, being consistent and uh, in my training.
0: Speaking of consistency, riding that wave of that last fight, how, I mean, you mentioned wanting to fight, fight frequently and, how soon are you ready to get back in there?
1: Right away. Uh, I would have fought, you know, the week after. I I didn't care. You know, I was trying to fight. I was trying to fight while I was in Fight Island. Uh, you know, they had an opportunity to take a fight. I said yes um, multiple times to the fight, uh, and it didn't it didn't pan out. And then I got offered another fight and said yes to that. You know, it was and that didn't work out. You know, the guy ended up testing positive for COVID, and so this whole scrapped the whole fight. And um, the other fight got handed off to someone else somehow i don't know um but you know it didn't work out so i'm, I'm ready you know I'm, I'm ready to step in at 185 you know 70 is definitely a little tougher but i can do it um but i mean i'm even thinking moving up to 185 honestly it seems like a lot of 85ers are getting fights there's a lot of 85 fights um happening there's a lot of 85 fiber 85 ers dropping out so I mean, if I'm not the first call to step in at 85 because I'm not an 85er, well, shoot, I'll move up to 85, and then you know I could be that first call. So, I've competed at 85 before. I'm not. I'm not worried about going in there competing. I know I can uh, go in there and fight against the best. So,
0: I've kind of built this platform on making matchups. So after every event, I'd say this person should fight that person, and so on and so forth. That being said, uh, whether it's realistic or not, whether it's someone you like, someone you dislike or someone you just admire before it's all said and done, is there someone that you'd say, you know what? I want to test my skills against that person before they retire, or before I retire.
1: Uh, absolutely. You know, there's uh, actually they're fighting each other and uh, I would have liked to fight. Uh, I, li- I like to fight either one or both of them. I'd like to fight both of them. Honestly, uh, Robbie Lawler and Mike Perry, like those are fights I want. And uh, you know, Robbie Lawler is older, been doing it for a longer time. You know, there's, you know, hopefully he doesn't retire anytime soon, but I would've liked to fight him before he retires, you know. And he's a scrapper, he throws down. That's my kind of guy. And uh same with Mike Perry, you know, he brings it. So those are the kind of fights I want. Exciting fights like that. Um, I'd love to fight either one of those guys.
0: And last question, um, I can't can't go this interview without asking. I mean, it's tomorrow night, I guess tomorrow daytime. <laughs> Khabib, Khabib versus Justin Gaethje. I mean, everybody's talking about it. I've been hyped I've been like looking forward to this fight for months now and I'm it's like 24 hours away and I still can't believe it's going down what's your uh what's your take on the fight who do you think's winning it
1: I like both guys both stand-up stand-up guys class acts you know um both beasts um but honestly I'm, I'm leaning towards uh Gaethje with the upset or I don't even know who's the favorite but I'm saying Gaethje's gonna upset him
0: what do you think it uh how do you think he's gonna win
1: uh, I think he's he's gonna win by how he always wins. <laughs> uh, k t k o t k o. I mean, uh, I I mean, Khabib's he's great and he's great at doing what he he does and mixing up his hands too. But I just think, uh, you know, Gaethje can stuff some takedowns in the beginning and make him stand. Um, it's gonna be gonna be more in his favor, and I think he's gonna catch him.
0: All right. And lastly, for, uh, for anyone watching this, how can they follow you and is there anybody you'd like to thank or, or plug?
1: Yeah. Um, you can follow me, uh, on Instagram and Twitter, at Brian underscore Barbarina. And then I have a fan page on Facebook. You can find me at Brian Barbarina there. Um, also like, I mean, plugging or whatever, saying thank you, my wife, my kids, of course, the most important thing to me, uh, you know, they're always there supporting me, loving on me. Um, yeah, you know, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it without my wife. So, um, huge love to them. Uh, my gym, Jimmo, Jeff Jimmo, always being there for me, uh, going beyond, beyond, above and beyond, um, in my camps, in my training, um, you know, really doing everything I need to, to be better fighter. Um, my teammates, of course, um, my sponsors, Sweet James, Gold Club k Grooves, um, uh, Vital Proteins, Diamond MMA, um, Zip Fizz, and come on, come on, come on, come on, come <laughs> on. Traeger, Traeger Grills, got to have a Traeger. And, um, you know, just everybody out there, all the fans, everybody who supports me and just likes to watch, likes to watch me fight and uh, enjoys it. And, you know, all the farmers out there, shout out to you guys.
0: I've been uh, I've been a fan for, for a long time, man. So I really appreciate you coming on. I almost have like the entire Jimmo team. I think all I have <laughs> left is Scott. Uh, I think I've interviewed everybody else. So awesome. I appreciate I appreciate it, man. I've been a fan for a long time. Hopefully we get to see you out there soon. Uh, but until then, stay safe, man, and, and uh, take care of that back.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate your support. Uh, Honored to be on here and talking with you, man. Thank you for having me on. And, uh, man, I hope to be back in there soon and put it on a show for everybody.
0: All right, man. Stay safe. Thank
1: you. You too. All
0: right. There you have it. I mean, we had some technical difficulties there in the middle, but I think, uh, you know, overall, you got the message. I mean, I've been a fan of Brian Barbarino for a very, very long time. I'm a huge fan of his, huge fan of Jimmo. You're seeing a lot of success coming out of that camp, even though they're a tight-knit community. Um, not They don't have as many fighters as like an ATT or an AKK, or an AKA, but... Uh, you're seeing a lot of success out of that camp, especially now in 2020, uh, looking forward to, to what's next, um, for him. And, uh, man, thank you guys all for, uh, for, for, uh, for tuning in and don't forget to like comment and subscribe. We have a big one coming tomorrow night, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Uh, until then I'll see you guys later.